Alexis, I don't know if you heard on the news, but uh, Lytton, BC on uh, Monday and then again on mm-hmm. Tuesday and then again on Wednesday broke mm-hmm. all of the heat records for Canada. And oh uh, they also registered a higher temperature than the hottest ever recorded temperature in Las Vegas. Are you kidding me? What was Not, the temperature? Uh, what, did, what was it, Ryan? I think 40, it said 49.6. <laughs> Yeah. That is yeah. unreal. Isn't that sick? Unreal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. So beginning beginning work constructing the Thunderdome. <laughs> wow. Wow, it makes you miss winter. Like that. We're gonna have to title this the hot episode. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. For more than one reason. That'll <laughs> increase our ratings. Or the moist episode. Sorry. I feel warm and moist. I have to add what happens when you've had me as a guest this many times. We just get weird right away. So it's your own fault. I blame you. This is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter! Uh, hey, instantly, I really like that. Actually, that was really good. Uh, my name is Rob Minot, and uh, hey, look at this. Joining me today from the Guitar Dungeon, where it's nice and cool, Mr. Ryan Flurry. It's not so cool anymore. I think the uh, ground is... The ground has absorbed the heat and it has come through the walls. So <laughs> it's cooler than the main. Well, yeah, it's it it has leveled out. Let's just say that. Well, it's probably just normal now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, and Mr. Steve Barkley. Yeah, what do you want? Well, although from what I understand, you've got some air conditioning units over there, so it's probably nice and cool over there. Oh, uh, it's so out. frosty here right now. <laughs> I'm sitting two feet away from an air conditioner it's just blowing cold air past it's just mm, so nice yeah so for anybody outside of our area that doesn't know what the heck we're talking about or complaining about uh we are currently um well we we just finished a three-day heat wave here uh that at its height i think it got up to about 42 here in vancouver uh and uh just up the road in the Fraser Valley, they broke the all-time Canadian heat record three days in a row. And Eventually so reaching for, 49.6 Celsius. Yeah, and so for our U.S. followers or friends, what is that in Fahrenheit? Uh, That's a good see. question. Let's, let's Steve away. That is 121 degrees. What? That's crazy. What? Yeah, 121 degrees. It's nuts. 121 degrees? (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome to Hades. (laughs) I don't don't know. Did I tell you guys about looking up the the last five years heat records for Vancouver? No. 30 and 29. Yeah. For the last five years consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Up to 30 and 29 over over different years. But never, never above that. No. Yeah, Monday night, like it was crazy. It, like in the middle of the night, it, the coldest it got was I think it went down to like twenty four or something. Yeah. Oh, it's just it was nuts. Like just I've never been in heat like that. Um, yeah, me either. Luckily, luckily we're we're a little bit cooler today. Um, apparently, this heat dome thing has has moved on to Alberta. So you're welcome, Alberta. Yeah, now I got to check on my family, and make sure they get through it. <laughs> Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so, you know, as if we need more to complain about. It's just been, oh, man, you know, 2021 was supposed to be a better year. It is getting better. As of July 1st here, we are in stage three of our reopening. So 
a lot of changes are happening. Things are loosening up, opening and go to concerts again. Theaters are opening up, plays. You know, we have a lot more freedom and flexibility starting tomorrow. So that's yeah, true. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. So the pandemic's over. Now we just have to worry about climate change and <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one wants to live forever. The weather catastrophes, or what do they call it? What are they calling them? Climate catastrophe? Oh yeah. <laughs> tell ya. I tell ya. It's an event. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it was. Let me tell you, it was an event around here. <laughs> wanted to die i just oh monday night was the worst i think i got about two hours of sleep couldn't you know you can't get comfortable anywhere everything like i went on my computer and i touched my mouse and it felt like my mouse had been in the sun and it was, <laughs> it was like 11 o'clock at night and it's just like everything is just hot to the mm -hmm. touch it's, it's nuts yeah we'd walk into our ceramic floor in our bathroom you'd think you'd had heated floors well nope <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just nuts. And then, of course, you know, what that's going to do it, down the road for us is that I'm sure that it dried out everything. Oh, there's forest fires already happening now. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're going to have a terrible year for forest fires again. It's already started. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Let's just go home. Oh, yeah, I hope not. I, I really, I really hope not. I hope because that was that was bad last year, too. We got all that smoke for weeks and weeks we got from the what, the Washington State wildfires. So um, but do we know, was it hotter in Washington State than it was here? Nope. Well, I shouldn't say nope. I heard the not other day, I think Monday in Portland, Oregon, they said it reached 107. Oh, noobs. <laughs> that was monday or tuesday so yeah wow yeah that's wow that's nuts yeah time to start work on the underwater base <laughs> indeed uh all right well enough complaining about the weather uh hey you guys want to complain about accessibility that'll be fun uh, oh they just fallen into it haven't they they have. Okay, but wait, hold on. Before we talk about that, though, I got to check in with Ryan to see what we're doing today. Hey, Ryan. Yes, sir. Uh, what are we doing today? Today, we are speaking with longtime friend of the show, Alexis Hilliard from Stump Kitchen. Yay! Uh -huh. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I'm excited to talk to her and see what's, see what's new over there at Stump Kitchen. Yeah, she's still moving and shaking. Things are going up and up and up. Um, okay, well, that will be a little later. Uh, right now, though, I saw this article in Forbes, believe it or not, Ryan. Oh, that doesn't uh, surprise me. Yeah, Forbes. So this is a article about accessibility, uh, the, the accessibility overlay that everybody loves to hate. Um, and apparently it's getting a lot of coverage because the National Federation of the Blind down in the U.S., um, has launched a, a pretty substantial attack on accessibility and has accused the company of engaging in what they're calling harmful practices. Well, I think even before that, though, I, I saw on Twitter, I think last Friday, that they, accessibility was actually denied a table at the National Federation of Blind Conference coming up here right. next week. So I yeah. think that's probably where the shit show may have started. Yep, I think yes, you're absolutely right. But you know, you know, even earlier in the year, though, they had that uh, open letter that about 400 right. um, people from people all around the the visually impaired community that uh, were urging you know web web owners to not use accessibility. Right. Um, and there's you know there's a hashtag accessibility gone that is trending on social media. Um, they're really getting the the crap kicked out of them. Um, and deservedly so. I, I really get the sense that this is the beginning of the end for these guys. Well, you know, you've got to keep in mind, this is a company that is not based in the U.S. They're based in Israel, and uh, they have a fair bit of money behind them. Yeah. You know, they, they raised, I think, $14 million uh, not too long ago in, in a, uh, a fundraising effort. So, you know, they're, uh, they're not likely to go away quickly is what I'm saying, I guess. 
Well, I don't know. These companies can, they can burn, you'd be surprised at how much money they can burn through in, in a relatively short period of time. And if it really does start to get around that this is not a, a way for websites to avoid any sort of litigation. And in fact, what people are doing apparently are actually targeting uh, companies that are using accessibility for litigation in order to like sort of wake them up to the reality that accessibility does not absolutely does not protect them from any sort of uh, ADA compliance. And we had Sam Evans and Nick Steenhout on our our podcast a little while back too, talking about this too. And I think they said if you dig through the fine print, accessibility comes right out and says that as well. We will not protect you. <laughs> you know, we do not make you compliant with ADA guidelines and W3C and everything else down there. Yeah, which is so weird, right? Like that's in the fine print, yet in their marketing materials, they say completely the opposite. It's so weird how companies are able to skirt this. But I mean, you know, some people are saying that, you know, they think that um, that the, the, the writing's on the wall for these guys, because eventually the word's just going to get out that it's just bad news to... But keep in mind, when we had Sam and, and Nick on the show... Accessibility is just the big one that's been in the spotlight. There was, I think, at least two dozen others that are out there doing the same thing. So just maybe because of accessibility goes bye-bye doesn't mean this is said and done. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know about, and we don't really know anything about those other companies or, or even what they do, but I, I really do feel like maybe there's, there, there's a place for web overlays, just not as a, a complete accessible solution. It can't fix everything. I mean, certainly you could use a web overlay and say, use that to do things like provide a user to be able to, to switch up contra contrasting colors or something. Like it could be maybe a low vision solution that you could offer or a learning disability solution that you could offer. It's just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't do the trick when it comes to all the other different types of HTML markup that we require to for efficient navigation on the web as screen reader users. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. And so, you know, maybe, you know, having a web overlay that you could, that the user could turn on or off really easily. And if they're, you know, somebody's low vision, they could change the background to yellow and, and, and black or, or white on black or something like that, that could have its place. Right. The, the problem with accessibility is that they are marketing themselves as an all-encompassing solution that actually makes a website less accessible, mm -hmm. especially for, for screen readers. Um, and they're, they're also really misrepresenting what it means to, to actually make your website accessible, like saying things like, oh, you know, it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars right. to, to make your website accessible. So, you know, you know, sign up with us and it'll be a couple hundred bucks a month. Um, you know, they, they use that in the marketing and that's really damaging because that's, it's not true at all. And, you know, it doesn't take a, a huge amount of resources to make a website accessible. It just, it just, you know, takes the, the will and, uh, you know, a little bit of a budget to do it. So anyways, I'm glad, like, I'm, I'm really happy that this, this article is in Forbes and, and uh, is really getting this, this pushback that accessibility is getting, it really starts to feel like it's getting some traction. And uh, I think that hopefully we're going to start to see the downfall of these guys sooner, hopefully than later. Time will tell. Indeed. It's time for a segue. <gasps> Segway! Let's scoot on over to Alexis Hilliard. Alexis, thank you so much for joining our wonderful show again. I am Ryan Fleury. Joining us in the room is Steve Barkley. That's me. And Mr. Rob Minot. So you can hear it in Ryan's voice that he's on vacation this week. <laughs> can you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, mean, I got the email notification when I sent him a quick email. I was like, oh, hey, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't nice Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> we were hiding no. in our basement. <laughs> Yeah, you have no a basement to hide in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, yes. Yes, indeed. Well, welcome back. Of course, everybody uh, who knows anything about the show, uh, of course, knows that uh, Alexis is a old friend of the show, having mm -hmm. been since almost the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were my first podcast interview 
of my of my STEM kitchen uh, career. And so, yeah, and we started off around the same time. So we're both about five years old-ish, kind of. Nice. And you've been interviewed by Google. We haven't. So you win. <laughs> There's no winning here. Not for us, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have. That was an intense really? experience. All right. Really? So tell, well, oh, well, okay. You know, I'll get back. I'll, I'll circle back to that. So okay. why don't we start out just for people in case we do have some new listeners, uh, <laughs> just in case, why don't you walk us through a little bit of, uh, of what you do over there on your YouTube channel and named Stump Kitchen? What do I do? Indeed. Yes. Um, I do a little bit of everything, but mostly it's a YouTube show um, geared towards celebrating body diversity and disability. And for me personally, I was born without my left hand, um, you know, my, my left arm below the elbow. And I use my stump as I, is the word that I, you know, use to, to call my arm. I use my stump as a kitchen tool from lemon juicer to potato masher to spatula. And I make recipes for people. And I love cooking with guests like kids with limb differences or just family friends random people local celebs um and i just have a good time so and i you know i make a lot of mess too so that's <laughs> kind of me in a nutshell i guess and um and then of course i also focus now a bit more on you know what it's like parenting with a limb difference i just had a baby well it's not just anymore i had a baby over a year ago now even though it still like it still feels like it was ju it just happened um and uh so i talk about parenting and uh yeah just lots of different things so do you ever like because i know i know with us and being around the same age i'm just curious to know if this happens to you but do you ever mm -hmm. just kind of look at the channel and, and look at all those episodes and just go, oh my God, like, I can't believe I've, I've made all of this content. Yep. All the time. And I, I've, I never thought I would get to this point, but I have completely forgotten about certain episodes. Like mm -hmm. I had to kind of go through my repertoire recently, um, partly for Google and partly for just something else. I was looking for a certain idea and I was coming across episodes that I was like, what, when on earth, like how, when did I do this? You know? That I just completely forgot and I always thought like oh I'm gonna know exactly what I did and in what order um but it's also just a kind of a fun and beautiful thing to look back at this huge body of work that you know hopefully will live online for a long long time and you know when people are still watching old videos and commenting like I'll get random comments now and again on you know really old videos that are like oh I just found you blah 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 and I'm like whoa wow okay um I don't know. It's neat. How do you feel about it when you look at your, you know, body of work? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> Tears are not enough. <laughs> I, I just don't look love. at it. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, I often do the same thing. I'll dig back in the archives and go, wow, when did we talk to that person? Wow, we, yeah. we, talked, to, we talked to them. Wow. Uh, that was a pretty good get. Yeah, uh, we talked to some cool people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it does get surreal after a while, and you do just kind of you are kind of amazed that that you're still going and you're still finding so much to talk about and so many people to talk to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, what what I really enjoy about the channel, and that that I think that that makes it unique, is that it really has evolved with your life. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've talked to a lot of people and you've incorporated a, a lot of a lot of very personal things that are going on in your life mm -hmm. into the channel. What kind of reception do you do you tend to get with the channel? And has it sort of stayed consistent through the years based on mm. sort of that changing content? You know, that's a, a really good question. I at the beginning when I started to do, you know, a bit more. Um, than just kind of recipe stuff and incorporate a bit more of my, you know, a bit more personal things or maybe a vlog or a different kind of style like interviews or, or whatever or touching on a few like, you know, social issues or whatever. Um, I was nervous that, I don't know, because you, you build an audience and then you're like, every YouTuber I think um, gets nervous about kind of adding or changing what they're doing. But I like... 
the, the, the viewers in the audience has always been so lovely and kind. And I think they maybe appreciate the, um, almost like the, not behind the scenes, but like, just like the personal approach, um, to kind of learning a bit more about me as a creator. I'm not really sure because people are just along for the ride. They're like, yeah, great, great. Or like, Hey, I really appreciate that you talked about this or whatever. And, um, I've always kind of been the type of creator, uh, luckily for me that, um, I, I've never, well, I shouldn't say never. I really try hard not to create anything that I think people will like. I, I create something that I like and that makes me laugh and that is enjoyable and keeps my, you know, piques my interest, keeps my passion going, makes me excited because the, the, the couple times that I tried to create for what I thought the YouTube algorithm would like, I just lost all of my joy and it just felt so artificial and gross. And I had to go right back to being like, no, you just got to do you. And like, yeah, just not, not kind of worry about creating for any other reason. So yeah, people are just like, cool, whatever you want to make, we're going to watch it, I guess. (laughs) And they're, they're good about it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. I mean, that's probably why, you know, we, we get along so well with you uh, is because that's, <laughs> that's really been, been sort of our mandate from the start too. Mm, uh, good. You know, we just sort of create based on, on what we're feeling and, and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we're, we're, you know, trying to, trying to serve the community and, you know, trying to, to put organizations in the spotlight that we feel, you know, need, need that and to try to help out where we can. But at the same time, you know, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants and, you know, we, we're looking, we're looking down the barrel of, of trying to rebrand and sort of reformat the show to, to more reflect who we are. Um, Mm. so, and I I know that, that your channel is a, is a really unique mix too, because you've got, you, you, it's very, it's very much, you know, steeped in a lot of humor and Mm -hmm. there's the, the cooking aspect, but there's also the advocacy aspect and you know featuring people and their stories and you know Mm -hmm. trying to put out content out there to to help other people who may be going through similar things Mm -hmm. with limb differences and and in the other sense i'm assuming that you know you're you're also trying to sort of normalize limb Mm -hmm. difference in in the in the general public so i guess have you found all have you found it hard juggling all those different aspects or does it kind of just come naturally you know, um, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's hard in the sense of like, you know, my, I think my brain is the type of brain that loves variety. It loves kind of following the energy and kind of figuring out stuff like just, um, you know, if something comes up or if something happens or like, for example, I recently got a, um, a canoe arm attachment for, it's not actually an arm. It's like a canoe paddle attachment for, um, needed to be able to paddle better on my canoe. And, um, of course I documented the story and made a video about it. Um, and it was a very positive journey, um, with my new prosthetist compared to say a couple of years ago, I saw a different prosthetist to get my, a violin attachment made. And that was a really negative experience for a lot of different reasons. And so it was easy for me to make those decisions, to document those things and to do it, um, you know, uh, because they were important. And, you know, even though it's not exactly like this is a cooking recipe, like episode or whatever, it was, um, on topic had to do with my life. And I knew that it, it may resonate with, um, people watching and it was important to me. And I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I love being able to kind of follow the energy to where, to what I'm doing. Like the other day, um, a, a friend of mine who's a YouTuber in the States, uh, he's got one arm um, just at the shoulder and he made me this like robot package thing to like build on camera, like super random, totally not some kitchen themed, but it also kind of is because it was like an amputee sending something to me and it was for me to build on camera. So I built it with my baby and my dad and it was just like, yep. And it's not out yet. I'm going to um, edit it up and, and get it ready. But um, it just felt like, yeah, this fits. Sure. Um, so I forget your original question. It's just really fun to do a lot of different things is my point. <laughs> yeah. And so how much of that is, is sort of 
planned and deliberate and how much of it just sort of happens and, and i'm speaking sort of mm. about sort of the sort of the advocacy pieces like do you sort of are, mm -hmm. are you really conscious and aware that you know you want to make a, a a video addressing a certain a certain topic or does it just kind of come naturally during the course of of filming an episode absolutely comes naturally i think it depends on who i'm talking to what comes up in the episode i think when you have a guest and you're working with an unscripted um you know scenario you don't know what could come up like i i remember a long long time ago i made an episode with a friend uh we did like vegan vegan pulled pork with like jackfruit and you know she disclosed to me that she had been dealing with an eating disorder and i was like hey yeah you know what I did too in high school. And so we talked about that and that was like, it just was so important to address in the moment. Um, so sometimes it, it's really, it really depends on who I'm talking to and, and why and what. And sometimes, you know, something in the media will pop up and like maybe they're, um, I don't know, something, you know, topical that I want to add my, my voice in, into. Maybe you find yeah. a tail on a raisin. <laughs> I mean, these are really important political things. Yeah, the other day I was eating raisins in my car. And there it was, I was like, what is this tail doing on my raisin? But it was obviously the stem of a grape. But the stem stayed on while it turned into a raisin. It was just amazing. It looked like a little mouse. Anyway. And, and um, she sang a song about it. And that was what I was going to, I was going to play the clip. And uh, I, I don't have, I, I couldn't get the clip. <laughs> I tried okay. to find it. <laughs> I wonder if I could find it. Let me see if I can find it while I'm chatting with you. It is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, this isn't something that I planned, but it is something that I think um, it's neat. It's a neat question that you ask because I think uh, I'm, I've been steeped in, you know, the language of uh, social justice and because my previous jobs were really geared, were really like centered around, social justice, um, equity, all that kind of stuff. So I think I already have um, that in my lens. And so it's easy and necessary for me to go there when I, you know, when it comes up or maybe it's just steeped in the, in the ethos of STEM kitchen anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's great though, to be able to go there um, and uh, have people be responsive to it. Well, and it's also very interesting, too, because especially over the past five years, I, I think that that space has really changed. Um, discussions about equity and inclusion and accessibility are, are really are, are just happening much more and I think are mm -hmm. more important than ever these days. So I, I feel like there, there is a lot of content, especially on YouTube, that that is advocacy based. And I think that it, it is really important. Um, mm -hmm. But let me ask you, let me ask you this then, do you find that being able to pair those, those advocacy pieces and, and mix them in with videos that, that are, that are very humorous, like, do you find that you're, you're able to sort of use that humor to, I don't know what the word is, the disarm the listener? No, I, swear, I, I, I knew you were going to say that. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I, I see that all the time. And absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. I think whether or not I'm using humor to, um, you know, quote unquote, disarm someone to talk more about my experience as someone living with a visible disability with a limb difference or, um, you know, um, to kind of let their really like have their guard be lowered a little bit. I find that when people are, um, they're laughing a little or they're made to feel comfortable in, in that humorous way, you can have a more comfortable conversation and they're more receptive to learning the deeper message. So definitely yes. Um, and then sometimes I don't have any humor in any, in the videos. Like sometimes I'll be just straight up super serious or maybe I'm talking about mental health or something, you know, like that. And uh, I think that's also really cool because, you know, like I said before, at first I was kind of nervous about integrating that kind of content onto my channel, but then I was like, but why, why would I show the world only one side of me? Like, wouldn't, don't I want to be like the, the type of people that I watch and listen to are the people that I can, ha I sense that they are authentic and they're showing me the full range of who they are, um, you know, as, as they choose. And so I wanted to be kind of honest and to just be like, Hey, you know, 
this is me. Um, cause I, I don't know, I get a lot of comments from people that are like, how are you so happy? Like, how do you love yourself so much? And I'm like, I'm not always so happy and I don't always love myself so much. So I, I wanted to give a bet, like a balanced, um, a balanced outlook for people to kind of be like, okay, like it's, you know, she's got a lot going on too. And that's normal. And that's great. You know? Also, I found the raisin video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let her share the sound. Let her share the but sound. How do I? Okay, I have to change. Okay, let me. It's a good day. When your raisin has a tail, it's a good day. <laughs> we need more. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to put my. I, I, you know, Ryan makes music. He, he could probably turn that into a rap tune for you. <laughs> Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Hey, hey, Rob, you think we can make that into a, think we can make that into an audio described music video? Yeah, I, I think we could. I absolutely think we could. I... You know, singing. Um, I don't know if it helps my memory or what, but I and I, you might know this. That maybe we talked about it before. I don't remember, but I'm a, a really big choir nerd. Like I sing music. I have since I was like five years old. Um, I play ukulele, I, I teach ukulele, big, big choir nerd, love, love, love that stuff. And so singing is like second nature, um, constantly singing around the house. And I often, you know, sing while I'm cooking and you'll see this in many episodes. And sometimes I feel like I do it because it like helps me remember things or just like, I don't know, it feels like it makes things easier or something. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just how my brain works. But do you ever like sing while you're doing stuff? <laughs> or it's just me no i think you know i do from time to time as well um i'm yeah. really i'm really bad with hearing something and it just i can't get it out of my mind for days on end mm. so there's always something in my head going on i often mm. wake up with random songs in my head and <laughs> they will stick with me all day this morning it was everything every little thing is going to be all right i have been walking around humming and singing that all day to the point where I had to go to the grocery store and get jerk chicken spice to do jerk chicken tonight. That's funny. <laughs> well, that's a great song to have in your head. The one stupid song that's been in my mind for probably the last two weeks is I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> that is the best. And my favorite thing is when people message me out of the blue and they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't get the stump kitchen theme song out of my head. And I'm just like, yes, I'm in there. I'm in there. <laughs> I didn't even mean for that to happen. It just kind of happened. I own your brain now. I'm in it. Guys, that's what we need. That's what we we need a an earworm we theme do. song. Yes. <laughs> for the Ooh. new the new show. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so fun. We could collab on something. That'd be great. Oh, okay, well, listen. <laughs> I like this idea. Mm -hmm. So are you, so is this the whole YouTube thing? Are, is this a full-time gig for you then? Yeah, it still is. Um, well, I wouldn't say, okay, so it is, it is full-time. However, I'm still doing one or two, um, like my, I do, uh, I teach a ukulele choir on Saturdays, um, just throughout the school year. Um, that's like a really small, small part-time gig. And then I also teach, um, one afternoon a week, I teach cooking at a local junior high. So those are things like the music side is like my own personal stuff. And then the co teaching cooking is related to STEM kitchen in the sense that it's cooking, but it's not really related to my YouTube stuff. But right. everything else I do is all um, like content creation for YouTube or Instagram, or maybe I'm working on a CBC project or um, like a sponsorship or something to do with um with the channel itself or i'm doing like lucky finn project work um because i'm a an ambassador for that program down in the states so it, it really yeah it's it's most of what i do which is really really great i'm i feel very lucky to be able to do what i to do what i do now do you have sort of like a shooting schedule do you do you tend to film on the same days and edit on the same days or <laughs> oh, is it i wish map? i wish she has a one-year-old. <laughs> There's no schedule. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I should be honest that there wasn't really a schedule before I had my baby either, but it definitely um, makes it a lot harder. Um, sometimes I film like lately, like my mom will take Joven on Fridays. And, and so, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks I was filming 
one or two episodes just on Friday mornings to kind of get them done. Um, I kind of go in batches now. And I also had a bunch of old footage that I didn't get a chance to get to, um, you know, from when before Dovin was born that I was able to, you know, get working on and have that be put out. Um, so I wasn't having to film all the time. But even before that, I never, I'm not the type of person that was ever able to kind of plan schedule or, you know, kind of you know, like just really, I, I don't know, I, I had to kind of like wake up and be like, okay, now's the day, this, we're going to do it today, or maybe plan one or two days out, which I know does not work for everybody. But for me, it just works somehow with my creative process, I get, I guess. Um, and then of course, as things come up, you know, I just, I'm like, okay, we're going to film this. Like I, when the first time we took our canoe out on the water, I, we, I took my little handheld camera and, um, you know, tested out the canoe and that's, you just, you just kind of do it as you, on the fly, as they say, <laughs> on the fly. On the fly. Yeah. So, so then as a content creator, like, are you, are you, like you, do you always have your camera on you? Like, are the people in your life kind of like, you know what, could you just lose the camera for like five minutes, please? Like we they not- used to. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I had to learn, I had to learn boundaries. Like there was, um, in, especially in the first couple years, my partner and I had to talk about like, we literally had time where she was like, okay, this is a no phone meal. Like, you're not going to take a picture of your food. You're not going <laughs> to make a boomerang about whatever. And I'd be like, okay, okay. But, it, you know, I was just starting out and I was like, oh, this is so exciting. And now I'm just like, thank God I can't find my phone today. You know, like, <laughs> it's almost like a relief that I um, get to make those boundaries. I've kind of grown into that. But then when I'm when I'm on my work time or a work chunk of hours or whatever, then I'm really just like, boom, 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 getting it all getting it all done so that I can really enjoy being with my baby. And um, but yeah, it took a while to kind of learn those boundaries for myself, because, you know, um, as I'm sure you all know, like you could you could do this all the time. You could be on your phone, on the computer, on the whatever, constantly, constantly creating and making and sharing and so yeah, I think I finally have some healthy boundaries about that about that stuff. Now, do you, so do you find that now that you're sort of you know very well established in the in the YouTube world and you're you know it's a, it's a little bit of a paying gig for you? Do you mm-hmm. find that that puts some pressure on you as a content creator? Has that taken some of that mm. that magic of of those those days where you were just creating content for the heck of it? Absolutely, absolutely, it does. Um, not all the time, but definitely times when if I'm stressed and I can't get a video out on time and I, cause I strive to do one, um, you know, once a week, then I really get down on myself because, you know, I am on Patreon and that's how I, you know, um, ha- make a good chunk of my, of my income. And I feel like, Oh God, like I'm letting people down or whatever, but it's, it's all these pressures that you put on yourself. Like everybody around me, like I have another, um, good friend who's a YouTuber footless Joe. She's been in the hospital recently um, and recovering and doing well, but she was like so stressed about not putting out content. And for me, looking at her, I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like we love you. It's okay. Take a few weeks off." Like, um, so I've been trying to let myself like be kind to myself with those messages as well. And um, I'm a lot better at um, missed a week or two or whatever. Um, it was really really bad, but um, now it's been, yeah, I'm as I, as I age like a fine wine, I'm more, I'm kinder to myself, you see. Um, and I, I know that my, my viewers and my listeners and my whoever, like they're just kind, they're family. And, um, you know, I want to model good. I want to model healthy behavior as well to the people that are watching. So, um, yeah, learning how to be a bit more gentle on myself. And now do you find that you fall into that trap where you're like constantly checking your analytics and you're just like, you're, you know, you're, it's all about subscribers and, or, or do you just kind of put that to the side and just be like, look, I'm just going to create content for the so, sake of creating content. Yeah. I, I go through waves and um, <clears throat> again, this is another thing that I really had to learn. It's like, a, it's, it's a, this is a learned skill, a very, like a learned skill for any content creator that you can learn Um, but it goes in cycles. So sometimes it'll creep up and I will start to think about numbers, views, subscribers, likes, all those things. And I'll think these are important. 
And then I'll start looking at them for a few days. And immediately I start feeling really gross. I start comparing myself to others. I start wondering, you know, why, why is this not doing that well? Why did I only get a few hundred views on this video? Why, 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 why? And then I come back to myself and I'm like, hang on a second. This, this is not why you're doing this. And you, you made this, this pledge to yourself from the beginning. You're doing this because it's fun and important and celebratory work that you get to share with whoever wants to be a part of it. And it doesn't matter the numbers, um, you know, all that blah, blah, blah stuff. And then I, then I get back in a good way for a while. And then every few months I'll creep back into like, oh, how many blah, blah, blahs do I have now? Um, but then I even more quickly, I'm able to start reminding myself, hey, this actually doesn't matter to you because, you know, had I not looked, it wouldn't have affected anything anyway. Like I'm still able to create content. I'm still engaging with people. I'm still having an impact. I'm still getting great messages from people about the impact of my work. And um, those, I think, speak so much more loudly than any kind of analytics could, um, you know, tell me, even though we're trained to be like, ah, these are so important. It's, it's, it's a really hard, hard self-taught lesson that is like really gross for anyone to, to kind of learn as a content creator. So talk to me a little bit about, about just the, the process that, that the, the YouTube journey that you've sort of gone on over the, the past five years, um, mm-hmm. because I, you know, I, I don't recall when we first talked to you, what your, what your subscriber base was and how, how fully sort of steeped in, in YouTube you were, but I get the sense that now, like it was there, is there training? Like, have you gone to like YouTube headquarters, wherever it is and whatever underwater base that they are, they're, they're based <laughs> out of? Uh, actually it's on the moon i don't know if you know that it's on the moon i had to fly there told <laughs> no. you rob he didn't believe me <laughs> <laughs> no i've i've never been there and i i'm still and i probably always will be i'm a very small youtuber um i i just hit five thousand subscribers and so over five years five thousand subscribers that is extremely modest but it's it's the most um, you know, powerful and fun and, you know, loving subscriber base. And then of course there's tons of viewers that don't, aren't subscribed. They just kind of watch and enjoy. Um, but yeah, like I, it's just been a nice kind of tiny, um, like sustainable growth where I'm able to interact with people, reply to comments, um, have conversations. I'm able to like you know, FaceTime with kids. And I talked to this person um, in South America just last week who was trying to get a driver's license and they wouldn't let her because she was missing a hand and it was awful for her. And then she actually kind of fought it and she was able to to take the test and she was feeling a lot better. But, you know, we were able to kind of support each other. I was able to kind of support her and just be like, hey, I'm here for you. And I think if I was ever bigger than I am now, I wouldn't be able to, to have that one-on-one experience um, with people. So yeah, in a way I'm, I'm quite established to have a good rhythm, blah, 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 but I'm still really tiny, even though I've had kind of a, people kind of know who I am in certain circles, which is nice, but I'm also still really like, what's some kitchen, you know, I don't know, small, but mighty, I guess. Have you have you gained any uh, local celebrity in the in the Edmonton area? Like, do you walk down the street and people go, "Yes, are you a stump yeah. kitchen?" Yeah, yeah, I do, and I get, <laughs> yeah. Really? Um, I mean, not much lately because pandemic. I'm not going out as much, but I've had people um, roll down their. I've been walking on the sidewalk, and people will roll down their car window and be like, "Hey, stump kitchen!" Or like <laughs> at our local folk fest every year, at least three or four people will stop and say hi or recognize me, and then. I also have a lovely following of like, you know, like boomer and older um, kind of crowd because they watch like the early morning news and I'm often on early morning news shows and they're just like, oh, I think I saw you on Global on the weekend. And I'm like, hi, yes, yes, grandma, you did. (laughs) And so I have this beautiful kind of like, yeah, following um, and get recognized. I'm pretty recognizable. Like it's not every day you meet someone without a hand. So I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty lucky that people are, 
I don't know, I stick out in their brain. So they're like, <laughs> it helps. It helps with that local celeb stuff, I guess. So Yeah, you see, we're just disembodied voices. Nobody recognizes us. <laughs> yeah, but they're such nice voices. I've always just like, you should honestly do some ASMR or something because your voices are just such good radio voices. They're just so smooth. Ooh, that's like smooth. You know what? Actually, that this is how she keeps coming back, guys. Flattery <laughs> will get. Oh, you. I know how to. I, I know how. Yeah. Flattery will get you everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, like you, maybe that's maybe we'll do, we will do an offshoot. Maybe that'll be the new format of the new show. We'll just eat strawberries <laughs> into the mic and. Oh my god. Sing Harry White songs. Um, that so good. That's so good. <laughs> um. And but, come up with their own Barry White songs. Yeah, see, mm -hmm. there you go. So tell me a little bit about how, what about the editing? Are you still doing all your own editing? I'm not. That's like a really, really new thing. Um, uh, probably the newest thing other than Google since last we talked. Um, so just a few months ago, and, and again, because of being a parent and wanting to be the type of parent that I am, which is very like hands-on slash limbs-on, um, you know, to be able to spend time with Joven, I hired an editor. I, I went on um, a site and I interviewed some people, chatted with folks, and uh, his name is Max. He's awesome. He lives in the UK and he's helped me edit a good chunk of my stuff um, lately. So getting through old footage, I still do a lot of the editing plus have like the artistic say over anything that Max works on and we kind of collaborate but he's been such an incredible help and I I was so scared because honestly editing is the thing that I love the most like yeah filming is fun and everything else it's great but the editing portion as you well know is the part where the artistry comes in where you you know pull out those funny bits pull out the story pull out the effects to make people laugh and so giving that away I was like oh god um, but it's turned out to be a beautiful relationship and I still feel very much in control and it's let me be more of a, a mom to, to my baby as opposed to like trying to find a daycare or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the one thing that's really changed for me. And I don't think it'll stay. I think once I have a good rhythm with Joven and, and they're a little bit older, you know, I'll go back to more full-time editing because I just, I love it so much. Um, but it takes hours, like dozens and dozens of hours a week um so for me anyway because i'm pretty slow i'm still i'm still a beginner even though i've been doing this forever <laughs> um but uh but yeah it's been cool it's been really cool see you sound like the most well-adjusted content creator on youtube like to <laughs> be honest you. and i Thank watch you. a lot of youtube because i'm a cord cutter and that's and honestly like there's just there's literally I, I, like I can't wait to, to turn on my my TV because I got a computer hooked up to my TV and just like go into the YouTube algorithm and see what it's served up for me. <laughs> and like I got the weirdest thing over the weekend. I got this. I didn't even know this was a thing. It was, it was some guy in Scotland. He, he's he calls himself the Hoof GP, and all he does is go around and like trim cow hooves. And oh. I didn't even think this was a thing. But like he goes around and like cows that have gone lame because they've gotten bruises or abscesses or mm -hmm. um, ulcers in there. I didn't even know what I didn't know what a soul ulcer was. Apparently, there's this thing called a soul ulcer that and he takes his grinder and he grinds down the horn, uh, <laughs> which is what they call the hoof, because I guess it's made out of the same. Anyways, I know far too much <laughs> cow hooves now because I just went down the rabbit hole, like watching like 25 videos of him trimming cow hooves. And I'm just like, Oh man, I love YouTube so much. There's, there's so just good. something for everybody on yeah. YouTube. There's just no, there's, it's, there it's really incredible. Is. So I do watch a lot of it and I do often think that it's just like, it's like, I feel like a lot of YouTubers are just giant assholes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some definitely are. If they're doing uh, it for the wrong reasons, I think. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Right. And I feel like those are the people that just like they dive, they're all about the analytics and they'll just do anything mm -hmm. for, for viewers. And there's just, yeah, it's terrible, but you know, again, but so I, I really do, I do have to say that I, I do really do appreciate that. Um, there, there is a huge part of that YouTube community that, that are very well-meaning and well-adjusted and mm -hmm. you know, have this, have this balance. 
have you have you built a sort of a, a large community sort of a like a, almost like a limb difference youtube community like do you do a lot of collaborations with mm. other channels or have you you mm. do you know of other youtubers uh, with limb differences that have sort of cropped up in the years that you've been doing this absolutely um i wouldn't say there's a huge like community slash con connection and collabs that i personally have been a part of um However, um, you know, my friend that I mentioned earlier, um, Footless Joe, she's an amputee from the States, from Colorado. And I flew down there a couple of years ago. We collabed a whole bunch and have, we have got a lovely relationship. So there've been some really intense um, collabs like that, as opposed to like a really widespread community, um, on, like of other YouTubers specifically. Um, but then I have reached out and talked to lots of other YouTubers who have um, a variety of disabilities um, that we just talked kind of behind the scenes. We've become friends. Um, so that's been really, really great. And my goal at some point is, is to, uh, you know, it'd be great to film and collab with all of these people. Oh, I did. I, I connected with Annie Eleni. Um, she's a really big um, advocate on, on YouTube and, and social media. We did a couple of video collabs together in Las Vegas. Um, and so these little things have happened, but I think mostly, um, you know, it's meeting people in person, um, from my home, like from Edmonton, from my hometown or doing virtual, um, episodes through zoom or FaceTime or whatever with like, yeah, just other people with limb differences who aren't necessarily YouTubers. Some are for sure, but just connecting with people kind of a natural way, I guess. So yeah, I'd say there's like a really um, supportive community out there, um, but there's not like a like a YouTube club for people with limb differences. I mean, maybe there. I'd be fine if there was. It'd be really really cool. Because <laughs> um, I do know of a few more, but we're not like you know. One day maybe be cool to have more collabs. But so now tell me about this Google <laughs> interview that that the boys were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, okay. So super. Okay, super random. I get this. <laughs> I got this voicemail a few months ago from this person who says that she's a casting uh, casting agent for um, for a big corporation. She called and she was like, "Hey, this is not a prank call. This is not spam. This is actually real." Um, but we uh, we have a client that wants to do a documentary on some kitchen, and we want to interview you. And I was like, "What? Okay, all right, sure." Um, and Long story short, we had a couple of phone calls and they were like, yeah, it's Google. And I was like, what do you mean it's Google? And they're like, the client's Google. And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> what? And they're like, yeah, we, um, I was like, how did you find me? And they were like, well, we Googled you. <laughs> I was like, of course you did. Of course you did. Um, but yeah, they were looking for, um, uh, you know, creators to kind of showcase this year, specifically, specifically, um, creators with disabilities um, and so I think I kind of fit their criteria yeah so they had really strict COVID protocols that came out um, just for two short filming days but they were here for a week with a big crew um, outside in the backyard with a trailer and we had like 12 hour days and um, it was so intense it was such a wow. whirlwind like they brought me clothes and like a kitchen island and random new plates for the house so it was just it's almost like it didn't happen it was just so fast and, and amazing. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really cool. And now, so has this documentary aired? Like where did they, where did they show this? Or Yeah. Where, so it's just somewhere? three. Yeah. It's just on the Google YouTube page. Um, so Google has their own YouTube page with like over a million, 10 million subscribers. Um, and they put it there. <laughs> June, can you hear Joe? <laughs> Absolutely. It's great. <laughs> oh, good. Um, is this so first aired, podcast? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it might not be Jovan's first podcast. Actually. Yeah. Um, June 4th, they aired it. And so people can find it on, on yeah, Google's YouTube page. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it has like 100 and I'm not sure, just under 200,000 views or something. And um, I think it's had some nice little impacts around the world. I'm not really sure, but. I've had a, a, little, a small bump in, in traffic to my channel, which has been nice. Nice. Well, yeah. wait until this episode airs and get prepared <laughs> for a large bump. It'll explode. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. 
Are you blowing bubbles on my breast? <laughs> <laughs> and the show Quality went content. there. <laughs> Quality content here, folks. You're only going to get this with an AT banter in some kitchen collab. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's the best ASMR episode ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask Jovan to sing us a song. <laughs> here, I'm going to give my baby back to my partner. Are you going to stay here? Hi, babies. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was funny. Um. Okay, we talked about Google. Let's. Uh... And Rob, keep that in because that'll make our that'll give us a bump in our ratings. Great. Right. I'll open the show with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so. For those people who might be interested in uh, checking out what you got going on, what you got cooking yeah. over there at Stump Kitchen, uh, where the heck can they find you? Absolutely. I'm just uh, Stump Kitchen on YouTube or youtube.com slash Stump Kitchen. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, the Google documentary is just on the Google's YouTube um, page. And uh, yeah, I usually get back to everyone that sends me a message. So send me a message. <laughs> Alexis, it's been once again a delight having you on. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time out of the busy schedule, being a mom, uh, mm -hmm. to come chat with us for a bit and catch up. Absolutely. I always love chatting with you. And I congrats again on five years. And uh, I can't wait till next time. Sounds good. Well, it's possible that I'm going to get out your way in uh, late September, I think. You guys really? should do a cooking yeah. show because Steve loves yeah. cooking too. That would be great. I do. I do. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and I need to I learn things to about have... eggplant. <laughs> so do lots, we all. Lots of Parmesan be... cheese. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'd love to do that, do something with all of you. That'd be so great. Um, but yeah, we can we can do some eggplant grilling. Something fun. Yummy. Why are you coming out? Oh, I'm, I'm going to do a post-COVID road trip and see all the people that I haven't seen. I, basically, what I'm doing is I'm going to go on a two-province hugging tour. I think that's what oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be. Yeah. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, Alexis. Absolutely. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll talk to you soon. You as well. You Stay too. frosty. Bye-bye. <laughs> I do not envy anybody who that, that heat dome is heading towards. Nope. Indeed. Oof. Oof is right at least it's dissipated somewhat if they're only getting what 36 did she say so far yeah. but i think it just hit yeah. them overnight so they might be there for a couple days yeah but it's because that's the thing that's what drives the heat up right is it sits over the same area and then you just it heats the ground and then yeah. you're screwed and so on but no that was that was great that was great talking to her again um yeah she's she's still trucking along yeah get, get noticed yeah yeah, and I do really think oh, a lot of it has to do with with such a it's such a great mix of content over there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the fact that they're you know, all the videos are so funny, um, but plus they it's they've got a really great message. She talks to a ton of different people. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's never not entertaining. I just wish she would cook junk food. Like I just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I could put Mars it in class. Like if she could teach me how to make like homemade poutine or something like this it's just terrible for me then well you know maybe that. a vegan poutine wouldn't be so bad i don't know what they'd use for gravy and, but it probably yeah, wouldn't be gravy yeah. none of the none of those alternatives ever really seem to really although i hear that beyond meat stuff's pretty good it yeah. is, it's, it's surprising yeah, it's surprising. yeah but yeah. it's still not meat like you know it's not meat if really? they're getting like, close. The first, getting the first close. time I had an AW uh, Beyond Meat burger, if you had not told me that it was a Beyond Meat burger, I would not have picked up on it. Oh, is that right? No. Uh, well, maybe I'll have to try their Beyond Meat because I've tried other ones and you can tell. Of course, I also ordered it with bacon, which really you know, <laughs> kind of masks it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that nice. might have uh, made a difference. Hmm. Uh, boy. Worth a try. Hey, Ryan. Rob, where can people find us? Well, they can currently find us at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they like at cowbell at atbanter.com. 
And we're out there, you know, in those internet's social webby thingies. We are on Facebook. We are on we are on Instagram, and we are also on Twitter. So, give us a ping on there. And soon, Steve will be on YouTube, on the Stump Kitchen channel. No, oh, who knows if that ever happens? You never. Oh. Know. It could happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, yeah, and just a reminder, we are still looking for suggestions for the name of the new podcast. If anybody out there wants to contribute. Name of the existing effort. podcast. It's not a new podcast. That's a good point. Same same <laughs> podcast, different name maybe. That's right. Maybe. Same dumbasses, same mics, <laughs> different name. That's right. I think that's going to about do it for us this week, guys. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And big thanks, of course, to Alexis for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.